All right, everybody, you ready to get into God's Word? I said, are you ready to get in God's Word? Get out your Bible. Go to the book of James. We've been in a series looking at some of the questions that have been rolling around in your heart. And what we do is we, what we've been doing is taking those questions to God's Word. I want you to hear that principle right up front. We're taking the questions we have in our heart to where? To where? And we'll say God's Word. Listen, I want you to learn this in your life, that whatever you might be asking, whatever you might be wrestling with, whatever questions you might have, you could always take those things to God's word. Come on, church, where you at? To God's word. God always has an answer for you. He's put everything in his word that we need for, for our lives. And, and I, I want you to become a, just grow in becoming a people who love God's word, like like, I want your first response and everything that you find yourself in is like, what does God's word say? What is God's word? Where does, where's God's heart in this? What does God want? And if you find yourself turning to God's word, you'll find God's answers. You'll find God's strength. You'll find God's wisdom. God speaks to his children today. How many of you believe it? God speaks to his children today. How? Through his word. And so you just get into God's word, everybody. And that's what we're doing is we're going to God's word with the questions we have. So we've been looking at a lot of these things that you've been been wrestling with. We're going to do this one more week next week, and then after that, we're going to start a brand new series. I'll announce here in a little bit, but I can't wait to get into the new series after this. And so some of the questions we've looked at, hey, what does the Bible have to say about my purpose? What does the Bible have to say about, we looked at this last week, about how to deal with some hard to deal with people. Anyone got hard to deal with people, right? And uh, yeah, like they're sitting next to me. Um, and we looked at that last week. But here's one, it's a little bit, it's a little heavier, but um, we're going to go there together and we're going to learn together, okay? We're going to let God do what God wants to do in our hearts today as we open up his word today, looking at, at how we're to handle temptation in our life, okay? Temptation in our life. The things that, that, are, that are seeking to pull us away from, from God's great plan for our life. Like, God has a great plan for your life, friends. He, he, he's got, a, he's got a, a, a beautiful plan for your relationships and your, your marriage and your life and your, and your gifting and your, your purposes. And there's, there's so much God has for you. But there are these things called temptations that want to pull you away from everything God has for you. And your ability to properly deal with those temptations will ultimately determine what road you're going to walk down. What the future looks like for you, friends. And so today I want to I help you with this. We're going to go to God's word. Would you pray with me? God, as we get into your word today, we just ask that you would help us as we look at this subject, God, that um, we want to invite you to speak to those things in our life, God. We believe that you desire to bring freedom today, that, God, you desire to bring healing today, God, that you desire to bring strength today, Lord, sustenance. And so, God, today we open up our hearts to you for you to do what only you can do. God, work in us. We lean into what you want to say to us today. We're not sitting here on accident. We're not listening online on accident. You brought us into this moment because, God, you want to speak to us, and we look forward to what you desire to say. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone agreed together and said a big hearty amen. Come on, amen. When it comes to the issue of temptation, what I need you to understand up front is that there's always more at stake than we think there is, okay? Like, in other words, giving into temptation is always going to cost you more 
than you ever expected to pay. It's always going to take a bigger toll than you ever expected it would. It's going to lead you down roads you never meant to go into places you never imagined being. That's what temptation will do if you don't learn how to properly deal with it. So I wonder how many of, of us in here today um, find ourselves dealing with, with temptations. All, the truth is all of us do. And how, how's that been going for you? you know, are, do you have victory in those things? Is there freedom from those things? I, wa- I want to help you have victory. I want to show you how in God's word you can find uh, freedom. And you can live in everything that, God's desire, that God desires for you to live in. So I want to say something pretty strong. And then I want, to, I want to soften up a bit and help you understand the hope of it. But you need to understand the strength of it before you can understand the hope of it. And so here's, here's what I need you to understand, okay? Is that a failure to deal with temptation is behind every life ruined by sin. Like, when you see a life that has gone off track and, and a life that's found itself in a place that, that it's, it's never meant to be, a life that has been, quote, unquote, ruined by sin, it's always drawn back to, you could always follow that back to a moment where they didn't properly handle temptation. It's this point that has led to that point. Every life ruined by sin is the byproduct of of not properly dealing with temptation. But here's the other half of that. Every life ruined by sin can be restored by Jesus. Do you believe it? Every life that has gone down any path, look at me, I don't care what the sin might be, how dark and grotesque it it might have been, how, how entangled you might have found yourself, any life ruined by sin can be restored by Jesus. It's what he came to do, friends. He came to set us free. The question is free from what? Free from the power of sin in our lives. Any life ruined by sin can be restored by Jesus. It's called grace, everybody. The Bible says this, that where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. In other words, no matter how deep your sin or your failure or, you know, your, your rebellion, grace shows up to be, look at, even deeper than those things could catch you in the middle of those things. And that's what you need to understand up front. Any life ruined by sin can be restored by Jesus. Here's the other thing I want you to understand, is that the grace that restores you is also the same grace that can then preserve you. Listen to what I said. The grace that restores you, you've fallen. The grace that picks you up, washes you off, restores you, can also, listen, be the same grace that preserves you. In other words, you fall in the mud puddle of life. Okay? It's grace that picks you up and washes you off and, you know, and, 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 and fixes the little scrapes that you got, that God would just fix those things and it just restores you. But then it's that same grace that can help you no longer fall into those mud puddles. The same things that maybe you find yourself falling into over and over again. And I want you to have that hope in your heart and realize that, that God can, can do that. So we got to start with this. What is temptation? What, it, like, what is it? James chapter 1 verse 12 says this. James 1.10 says this. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. It says it like that. You can't read it there, but it says temptation. 
Like, what, what's temptation? Like, if I'm going to overcome this thing, I understand what it is. So what's temptation? I think the best way to describe temptation is to, is to talk to anyone who's ever been on a diet. If you've ever been on a diet, you know what temptation is. Temptation is the thing, the food, the item that you're not supposed to eat that is actually calling your name, right? It's the thing that's saying, come here, you deserve this. It's just one it's the thing that's drawing you away from the thing that you know that, right? So my wife's been on this, on this thing called a keto diet. And she's been on it for a year and a half. And she's been committed to this keto diet. Can I tell you? Um, of all the diets, it's probably not like the worst diet because you get to eat meat. It's the weirdest thing in the world. My wife gets up and she's having like sausage and cheese and all this for breakfast. And I'm like, this is like... This is pretty manly. This is like bacon and like, I'm, I love it. I'm like, I could do that diet, but you're not allowed to have carbs. And so like bread, like hello, like it's, it's not proper. Like, like sausage and bacon and eggs is meant to be wrapped in a tortilla, everybody. Like, like it's, not, it's not complete until it's got the tortilla around it. And so I try it, but guys, I need the tortilla. You know what I'm talking about? I, 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 need, the, I need the carb. I need the bread. Like where's my, where's my everything bagel and cream cheese? Like I, I can't do this diet, right? And, and so it's the thing that's crying out to you. And I, I don't know what that is for you in, the, you know, in your life. I, if, you, if you know me, I have a, um, I have a problem with, uh, well, I'm going to let you really in on this whole deal. You ready? I'm going to confess to you my, my issues, all right? So I regular, regularly deal with uh, kidney stones, and they hurt. I'm not, I'm just going to tell you what I've been told. Don't hate me. I'm just the delivery, okay? It hurts real bad. Like, I have, I have a friend who's actually told me that it's worse than, than childbearing. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, don't, hey, don't shoot the messenger. I have a friend who's actually given birth and had, and had kidney stones, and she said she would much rather give birth. I'm just saying that's how painful these things can be, and I'm just telling you it hurts. So I go to the doctor, and the doctor says, says Chris, you know, you need to not drink uh, like dark soda, colored soda. It's like, it's, it's, it's what's causing this pain. And I'm telling you, when I am doubled over in pain, I'm telling myself I will never, ever drink another dark drink as long as I live. I'm done. God, forgive me. It's over. I'm, I'm never doing it again. But then the reality is I have a problem. <laughs> like, I love root beer. I just love root beer. And it's not my fault, everybody, but there's this store down the street that's called, called Olive Market, and they have a whole wall of temptation, just a whole wall of root beer, all the different root beers you could want, any different brand, any, and it's all there. And I don't know what happens, but I drive down the street, and I, kind of, I black out at a certain moment. <laughs> and I wake up on the side of the road with root beer in my hand. I don't know what happens, but I'm telling you, it's a massive temptation, friends, and I don't know what it is for you. Krispy Kreme, like some of y'all driving real far to find yourself some Krispy Kreme, right? And this, whatever it might be, you know what temptation is. See, there's a, some people think that, that not everybody struggles with temptation, but the reality is everybody does in, in some way, in, in, in some form, some fashion. Some of you look at people that are, you know, the good people. Like, you look at them, and you're like, they must never struggle with temptation. I mean, their life is so put together and perfect, and, you know, they, they obviously are not struggling with temptation. Well, friends, that's, that's not true. 
You know, C.S. Lewis said this. He said, no man knows how bad he is until he has tried very hard to be good. Right? Think about it. No man knows how bad he is until he's tried very hard to be good. A silly idea is current with the current that good people do not know what it means to be tempted. That's an obvious lie. Only those who resist temptation know how strong it actually is. You see, we all deal with temptation. Temptation. You know, advertising, advertising is actually built on tempting you, getting you to move towards something, getting you to think you need something that you didn't even know you needed, right? And if it doesn't properly tempt you, well, then it's actually done a really bad job of, of advertising. Like, like jeans, you're driving down the road. You didn't even know you needed those jeans. Now you're thinking, I need those jeans. Why? Because the person wearing those jeans is smiling. I want to smile like that. It must be the jeans. And they got friends. I want friends like that. If I buy those jeans, I'll smile and have friends. I'm going to go buy the jeans, right? And isn't it the weirdest thing? I don't know how it happens yet. We're going to figure it out. But the moment you start thinking that way, all of a sudden it shows up on every Google page that you turn to. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? And Tate and I just started thinking about redoing our kitchen. And all of a sudden, everything to redo the, that's weird. Let me tell you that. The temptation, the temptation, the temptation. In the realm of the spiritual, in the realm of your walk with God, I need you to understand what temptation is. Temptation is this, friends. Temptation is, is anything that pulls you away from everything God has for your life. Temptation, again, it's anything that tries to pull you away from everything that God has for your life. Anything drawing you away from, from God's best, all right? Although we can't keep ourselves from being tempted, we can, however, keep ourselves from giving in to temptation. And that's what I want to talk to you about in the rest of the time together. How do you keep yourself from giving in to this thing that's trying to draw you away from God's best? You know, really, this message in the time that we have left together would be most powerful. If in your own heart and mind right now, I want you to just to address the thing, call out the thing that is the, of the greatest temptation to you. Like, what is the thing that is trying to pull you away from, from God's best in your life? For some of you, it's just... Uh, uh, believing the lie of the enemy that t that's telling you that you're not called, that you're not, that you're not gifted, like it's feeding some kind of insecurity in your life. For, for others of you, it's an issue of, of maybe some kind of lust that, that is constantly trying to draw you away. Maybe it's uh, a struggle with, with, with alcohol. You know, you don't, you don't just drink, you drink, you know, and it's a, it's a thing, and, it, and it's, a, it's a temptation. Like, like, what is the thing? Come on, you, be honest with yourself. Some kind of issue in your life that you know, I, I'm not supposed to walk down that path, but you constantly find yourself being presented with that path. What is that thing? And it, if you could put that in, the, in something maybe even others don't even know about, you put that in the forefront of your mind right now, and I'm telling you, this could actually be really, really powerful and freeing for you in the time that we spend together. The first thing I need you to understand, if you're going to overcome the temptation, is first of all the fact that you can. Come on, you can. Did you notice what it said back in, in James uh, 1.12? Go back to James 1.12. It says, blessed is the man who, what's the word here? It says endures. Endures temptation. Look at me, everybody. Look at me. You can endure temptation. What's that mean? You can resist it. You don't have to give in to it. 
See, some of you have told yourself that you can't resist it, that, that there's no way around it, that you're, you're stuck in this forever, that you're going to be this way forever. You're going to fall to this thing forever. You're never going to overcome this thing in your life. It's just the way it is. And I want you to look at me today. That's not true. That's a lie from the enemy. You can, by God's grace and in God's power, be set free. You can endure. You can resist. Your life can look and will look different. Friends, by the power of God helping you to endure temptation, resist temptation. If you don't know that today, you don't believe that, you're going to feel stuck. You're going to think that this is just the way it's always going to be. But I'm telling you, God's got more for you. And so I want you to lean in and take some notes. Here's the first thing you need to understand if you're going to endure temptation. James is going to walk us through this. Is that you need to understand, first and foremost, write this down, the source, the source of temptation. Like, if you're going to overcome this, move past it, you've got to understand where it's coming from, right? Like, what's the, the root of it? If I can get to the root of it, maybe then I, I, I can ad- actually address it. And so what's the source of temptation? You know, many of us love to blame others for our problems. It makes us feel better about everything. You know, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's just, the, it's, just uh, it's my family's fault. It's my heritage's fault. It's, it's my friend's fault. It's my husband's fault. It's my wife's fault. It's my kid's fault. You know, why do I? It's my kid's fault. So if they weren't so, then I wouldn't, right? That's been happening from the very beginning, everybody. Remember, remember Adam and Eve? In the beginning, you know, um, God creates Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve are, they fall into sin. How does it happen, Right? Well, you have the serpent that comes to Eve and, 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 and tempts her to, to eat of the tree. She gives in and she gives to Adam. And then Adam eats. Come on, everybody, you with me? You remember this? Remember God shows up? Adam, what happened? I'm paraphrasing. Remember what Adam said? He said, God, it's the woman you gave me, right? <laughs> like, God, what do, you, what do you mean what happened? I, I, I wouldn't have fallen if you didn't give me this woman. It's kind of her fault, kind of your fault. I don't know, God, you worked that out. But I was just living my life. And the woman you gave me, God. And God, so God goes to Eve. And Eve, what happened? And Eve's like, well, you know, Satan made me do it. The devil made me do it. This little serpent came in. And God, I was just mighty, right? And friends, listen to me. I need you to pay very close attention to that. Because that pattern has continued on through humanity. Like we don't own my fault. My thing, my issue, my temptation. We, we like to pass it. We like to say it's not, my, it's not my fault. But here's the problem with that. If you don't own it, then you're going to pass it. And if you pass it, you can't deal with it. Because it's out of my control. But what scripture says is that when you try to shift the blame, first of all, you can't blame it on God. So some people are going to try to shift blame and they're going to, well, you know, and this is actually a thought that people have. The reason I'm being tempted in this thing is because God has put the stumbling block. He's testing me. He put it there. And if he would stop putting these things in front of me, I would stop falling to the, all these things that he put in front of me. But I need you to understand this biblically. That's not true. James goes on to say, Don't, you can't blame God. Watch what it says. Let no one say when he is tempted. Let no one say when he's tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot, watch the reasoning, God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone with evil. In other words, tempting someone with evil is evil, right? God is not evil, therefore, the temptation you find yourself in is not from God. Why? Because it's inconsistent with his character. God is a good God, everybody, amen? 
He's a good father. He loves you. He, he doesn't want you to stumble. He doesn't want you to fall. God is not the one dropping that thing in, in front of you. It's, it's not God's fault. We can't bl pass the blame on to God. Matter of fact, I want you to know where God is in the midst of all of your, you know, the temptations that you might face in life. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 tells us this. No temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. In other words, we all get tempted. It's very common, right? And God is faithful. I said, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Here's what scripture is saying. Is that when temptation comes into your life, where is God? Not bringing you the temptation. God is the one that is there ready to provide for you the strength to sustain the temptation when you find yourself in the midst of the temptation. God is the one who is going to be there to provide a way of escape. Provide a way out. Provide another option. God is the one to help you through the temptation, to endure the temptation. That's where God is, friends, in the middle of all the things we find ourselves being tempted by. He's ready to, I'm telling you, he's ready to help you. He wants to help you. God, your Father, wants to, wants to make sure that you don't fall into that trap anymore, that you're set free from, from that trap, that you're set free from walking down that road. That's what God is doing. He's your heavenly Father, and I need you to, to see him as he is, the good shepherd, friends. The good shepherd. Well, if the temptation's not coming from God, let's see, who else can we blame? The devil made me do it. Like, it's, it's obviously the devil, Satan maybe, he came and he made, okay, let's deal with that for a second. The devil, you need to understand, can't make you do anything, friends. He can't. Now, for sure, he definitely knows what's going to get our, atten our attention, but temptation is not Satan's fault. We can't blame him either. So where does it come from, friends? Watch what James says. Where does it originate? What's the problem? James 1.14 says this. Each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires. From the stuff that comes within yourself. Drawn away by his own desires and enticed. The reason I want you to understand this, and I'm bringing this to your attention today. You've got to understand God's heart in giving us this scripture today is you and I need to realize that the temptation originates with me. I own it. It's my temptation. It's my issue. It's my thing. And there's something very powerful about getting yourself to that place where you own it. Because, friends, you see, watch. If you can blame the craving on someone else, you could blame the outcome on someone else, and you actually end up dismissing yourself from the responsibility if you don't own it, then it takes it out of your hands to address it. Does that make sense, everybody? Are we doing all right? You hanging with me, everybody? Like, if I, if I can go, this is someone else's fault, then I'm just, I, I live my life as a victim. I'm just a victim. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a victim of this, this thing that's been passed down from generation to generation in my family. Well, everyone in my family, you know, struggled with alcoholism. And, and I'm, just, I'm just a byproduct, you see, of, of what, they, what they gave me. It's not 
me, it's, it's them. And if it's them, then, then friends, now I don't have any power to deal with it. Why? Because it's, it's out of my control. You see, it's not me. But scripture's going, this stuff's coming from you. It's, there's something in, in, in you. And, and although that's hard to hear, it's also empowering to hear. Like, it puts the ball back in your court. Like, we're going to get this. We're going to do this. You're going to get some help. God's going to help you do this, you see. I'm going to stop blame shifting, and, and, and I'm going to actually own this thing. And now with God's help, I can deal with it. I'm not a victim of it. I'm now responsible for it. And when you understand the source, now all of a sudden we can start to move forward. All right? You with me so far? So this stuff's coming from me. I've got stuff inside of me that, that I can deal, that I, I can get help with. And I can, I can by God's power and God's spirit and God's people and God's, I, I can overcome. Amen? So once I understand that it, the source, here's, here's the other thing I need to understand, is what James wants you to understand, is, is the steps. Because if I could understand the source is me, and now I, I know how it gets the best of me, I could start to look out for those steps and address them before they lead me down the wrong road, okay? So what are the steps of, of temptation? The first thing he says is it starts out with us being enticed. Each one is tempted, James 1.14, when he's drawn away by his own desires. And do you see the word? And enticed, okay? That's the first thing that happens in this step of temptation. No one wakes up one day and says, uh, I, I feel like going out today and crack cocaine, Destroying my life, it doesn't happen that way. And I'm not trying to belittle, I'm just saying, think about it. Does it just happen? What first happens is an enticement. An enticement. A, and what is an enticement? It's a, it's a lure. It's something getting your attention. Something unhealthy kind of getting your attention, enticement. Every year my kids, since, since they were little, would, you know, Halloween's coming up, and I don't know where you're at with all this, but my kids would always go out, they're like, Dad, this free candy, and we're just going to go get it. I don't, you know, we're going to go get the candy. And so they go out, and they go get lots and lots of candy, okay? And I'm, I'm kind of a sugar addict. Like, I, have a, I, I really honestly have, I have a problem. I, I like candy, okay? And, and um, they go, and they bring all this temptation into my house, and they know that dad has a problem with it, okay? So here's what they do. They bring into the house, and the first thing that the kids would do when they're little, they all put it in their little piles, and then the trading would begin. Remember the trading? It's all, hey, I'll give you a two butterfinger for that, you know, this, and we'll just like, and all this happens. And once all of that has been done and everyone was sorted out as whose candy is whose candy, they would go and they would hide the candy from dad. Because they know dad will eat all of that candy, right? And so they would go and they would hide their candy, and now every day after Halloween, when I step into my home, there is a potential to be enticed. The potential for me to think to myself, there is candy somewhere in this house, right? And when I walk into my home thinking to myself, I need some candy and there's candy in the home, that's called being enticed. Have I sinned yet? Nope, I haven't. I haven't eaten any candy, everybody. But I'm thinking about the candy, I'm enticed by the candy. Matter of fact, I might go and look for the candy. See if I could find the candy in the house. Or I could just show up to Kim's house. Kim has all the candy. Hi, Kim. It's good to see you. She always has it labeled chocolates over here, these ones over here. Kim gets really organized with all of her candy, so I could always go to their house. But 
I want you to understand what that enticement is because it's very important. It's the first step. Matter of fact, it's actually the moment. It's the moment of decision in your life. What are you going to do with this enticement? The word enticement, is, it's, it's the same thing that a, how many fishermen in here, fish, anyone like to fish? Fish, any ladies like to fish? And they got, come, on, come on, let me see all the hands. You like to, I love fishing. And um, think about enticement as the lure, as the bait, right? And so if you're, if you're fishing for trout, you use a trout lure. If you're fishing for bass, you use a bass lure. You can't catch a bass on a trout lure or a trout on a, on a bass lure. I mean, there's, a, there's certain, why is that? Well, because, you know, a trout isn't tempted by a bass lure. Big old loud bass lure, they sit on the top of the water. The trout's like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Like a bass is like, I'm going to kill it. And they're tempted by different things. And so you get your little trout lure, and it's swimming up the stream. I love stream fishing. I, I love fly fishing. And, and what you're trying to do is to get the trout who is sitting there minding its own business, by the way, just going through its day. This is your life, right? You're minding your business going through the day. And you're just trying to get it to be enticed. Like, oh, look at that. There just happens to be a little fly hanging out on top of the water. Oh, and it's moving. Oh, I want to get a little close. What am I doing? You're enticing it. Watch it happens in your life. You're going about your day. You're doing your thing. You haven't thought about that thing in a long time. But all of a sudden, there's the thought. There's the, there's the, the person. There's the opportunity. There's the, there's the temptation. And it entices you. You're now being tempted with this enticement. And here's the moment of truth. Please pay attention to this. This is where it all either goes well for you or it all either unravels for you. What are you going to do when you're tempted? You will be tempted. I can't stop that. But what will you do when you're tempted makes all the difference in the world, and you got two options. Write them down. You are either going to flee from it, come on, or you're going to flirt with it. You're going to flee from it, or you're going to flirt with it. Fleeing from it is what you should do. Fleeing from it is what God calls us to do. 2 Timothy 2.22 says this, so flee. So, say it with me, flee. So flee. What's it mean? Run away. Flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who called on the Lord of the pure heart. He says, run away. Get out of there. That's what we're supposed to do. Here's the temptation. I walk in the house, and I'm thinking about the fact that there's candy in the house, and I can't help it. I want to go look for it. I need to not go look for it. I need to run away from it. Go to another house. Tell the kids to get it out of the house, whatever I got to do, Okay? And I'm using lighthearted things to address very, very heavy things. See, you're going to, men, you might, you may struggle with lust. And I'm telling you, there's going to be temptation. It will come across your screen. It will be some flirtatious email from some girl in the office. There will be these temptations, what are you going to do? You can either flee from it, run from it, or you could kind of allow it to stay there and flirt with it. You wrestle with, you struggle with alcohol. And for you, listen, for you, like, you shouldn't be touching this stuff because, because you find yourself addicted. You find you, you throw yourself into these 
the Bible says not to be drunk with wine. Like, don't go there. Why? Because now you're not in control of the alcohols. And God says that's just not where you're supposed to be. But you find yourself, every time you're around this stuff, you, you, you fall to the temptation. And, it, and it, it ruins you over and over again. And, and you see, you need to flee temptation. So what does that mean? It means I'm not just going to hide it in the back of my cabinet in my house. I'm going to dump and get rid of it from my house. Do you know there's a difference, right? Uh, I'm not going to just allow it. I'm not just going to walk down that aisle wondering, you know, what, what's new? What, what did I have out? I'm going to stay away from that aisle because for me, that's a temptation, and I'm not going to allow myself to get around the temptation. I got invited from some friends to, to go to a, a bar, and it might be okay for them to go hang out at the bar, but I'm not. Why? Because I know that that's my temptation. I am not going to get myself, I'm not going to flirt with, come on, the temptation. I'm going to flee it. Nope, sorry, drew some lines. I got some boundaries in my life. Because this is the moment of decision for me. Do I flee with it? Do I flirt with it? Do I flee from it? Or do I flirt with it? The Bible says flee. Remember Potiphar and, and our, our Joseph and Potiphar's wife? The Bible says that that Potiphar's wife was, was beautiful and she wanted to lie with, with Joseph and God had been given Joseph favor. God's got favor in your life, friends. He's trying to raise you to new heights and do greater things in you, just like it was with Joseph. And anytime that happens, there's always gonna be a temptation that's gonna try to rob you from the heights God wants to bring you. And so this beautiful woman is telling Joseph, lie with me. He's a young man. He's like, oh. She says, lie with me. And you know what he says? That he fled the scene. That she, part of his wife, was, was beautiful and was saying, come to this bed with me, come lie with me. She grabbed a hold of his robe, everybody. And he was so determined to flee the scene, he left his clothes and went running down the street. First streaker we've ever heard of in Scripture, anywhere else. He's streaking down the road, just, I'm out of this place, I'm out of this place. Run and flee. Listen, you need to do the same. It's not like, well, this is just going to see what happens. Dumb idea. He runs, he flees. And I want you to understand, friends, that needs to be your approach. You take a hard line, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to put, I'm not going to allow myself to enter rooms, enter places, to, to go uh, on, a, on, on computers that, that have access to this because I always find myself there. I need to set some new boundaries in my life, not staying up late at night and allowing myself to, to look at things and click around to things that I, I know I shouldn't. Come on, you get what I'm saying? You draw these lines and start to set up some boundaries. He says, I'm not going to flirt. I'm going to flee. And that's actually the moment of, of decision in your life. That's what's actually going to determine for you. Come on, you know the places where you end up falling. Don't go to those places. Can I get a better amen? We keep ourselves in those places. You know, if you're not fleeing, then you are flirting. And if you're flirting, it's going to eventually lead to falling. You need to understand that. Flirting is how close to the line can I get? You know, we're going to, my, my girlfriend and I, my boyfriend and I, we're going to go to that place where, where we, we fell, but we're not going to fall this time. And that's called, that's called flirting. Fleeing is we're never allowing our, we got to set some boundaries. Okay. Lean is how far from the line can I stay? Now you should understand this. This is where Jesus actually takes these things. He, he deals with the battle of, of sin, not in whether or not we engage 
only engage in the activity, but activity, but whether or not we allow ourselves to entertain the activity. Like when Jesus confronted sin, he backed it up to this level. Let me let me show you this in the, in the time that we have left. Matthew five twenty seven and twenty eight. Watch, it says this, you have heard that it was said you should not commit adultery. Like that's obviously sinful. Don't commit adultery. But watch what Jesus says. But I say to you that everyone who, who looks at a woman and lusts after her has committed adultery, adultery with her already where? In his heart. Jesus says if you, the issue isn't just that you're doing the thing. He says don't just put, watch, don't just put your energy and your effort into, I'm not going to do the thing. This is where some people fail, Right? This is where a lot of us fall. She tells us, I'm never going to do that again, never going to do that again, never going to do that. Jesus says, actually, you need to get yourself to the place where I'm going to stop thinking that way. I'm not going to think that way again. I'm not going to allow those thoughts to enter my mind again. I'm not, when that happens, I'm going to wage the battle and win the battle in my thought life. Because as my thoughts go, then soon my actions will go. So Jesus backs it up to, you've got to stop allowing yourself to think that way. And when you find yourself in a circumstance where you're thinking that way, you need to flee from the thinking, flee from the moment, flee from the temptation when you're thinking that way, not when you're doing that thing. Does everyone make sense? The battle happens there. That's where he wants to give us victory. And that changes the conversation altogether. I'm not just simply guarding myself for the temptation to do stuff. I'm guarding myself from the temptation to think stuff. i got to back it up to that level. Proverbs 4.23 says this, above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. A guard your what? Heart. Guard your what? Heart. God, by his spirit, wants to transform your thinking. You know that spiritual warfare takes place on the battlefield of your mind? You need to pay attention to what you're thinking and allow God to meet you even there. So some of us are living in a constant place of defeat because we're waging war in the wrong place. Notice, guys, that being tempted isn't, isn't a sin. So we will be tempted. Tempt. The sin is when we give in to the temptation, buy into the temptation, but we need to not buy into it into our th- in our thought life. Is this making sense, everybody? James 1.15 tells us this. James 1.15, it says, Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to what? Sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth what? Death. Brings forth what, everybody? Death. Okay. Here's where, here's what you need to understand is that sin every time will produce the same thing, death. What it means is it will destroy you. When your desire conceives, in other words, I go and I find the candy, and I eat the candy, I will gain the weight, right? It will happen. The battle wasn't lost when I found the candy. The battle was lost when I went looking for the candy. The battle was lost when I started thinking downstairs, I wonder where they put it, right? That's where I lost the battle. And if I could have kept myself from going to look for the candy, then I could have kept myself from actually eating the candy. But when I eat the candy, come on, it it puts on the weight. It messes with me. And sin is going to do that every single time. It will destroy. Which leads me to this last thing as we close. Let me give you the solution for temptation, and this is powerful. Come on, listen. The solution for temptation. The next 
part of this passage I'm going to read to you, a lot of commentary, commentators uh, kind of wrestle with how this fits in everything that just went before. Because here he's talking about temptation. Here he's talking about, you know, uh, winning temptation in your life. And then Scripture says this. And they're like, how does this fit? But I believe it fits perfectly. Watch this. Scripture says this, after talking about all this temptation. Do not be deceived. Everybody, don't be tricked. On what point are we to not be deceived? At what point are we not to be tricked? Is what he says. My beloved brethren, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Everything that's good for your life, everything that's right for your life, everything that is beneficial to your life, that's going to help your life. Everything that is good, where does it come from, everybody? Above. Where does it come from, everybody? Above. Where does it come from, everybody? Above. It comes from God. You see, every good and perfect gift comes from above, and it comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Everything good in your life is from God. And here's what sin is going to try to tell you, that it has something good for you, that it's what's best for you, that it's going to fulfill you, that it's going to give you peace, that it's going to help you through the day, that it's going to actually um, profit you something. And you need to learn in your life, here's the solution. That's not good. God is good. That's not the solution. God is the solution. Everything I need from my life is going to come down from my Father who's leading my life, who loves me, who cares for me. Friends, there's a relationship between your temptation and your confidence in God. See, every time we walk toward temptation and we start in our thought life and in our, in our action moving toward the things that we know God wouldn't want for us or are not best for us. Here's what we're saying. God, I don't trust you. God, I don't actually think you have the best for me. I think that this could be the solution. I want to be happy. And God, I know you, you wouldn't want me doing this, but, but I believe that this is what's best for me. It's going to make me happy. In that moment, I'm saying, God, it's not you who could fulfill me. It's this thing that can fulfill me. God, I... I need provision in my life. And, and I know that if I kind of color outside the lines over here, it's going gonna, it's gonna to provide for me. And so I know it's not right, but I'm going to color outside the lines to try to get more out of this deal or get more from this thing. And I know it's not right, God, but, but I'm going to trust this to provide for me instead of you to provide for me. See how this works? Think about it. Why, why do we lie? Because we think that lying is the pathway to something better. When the reality is, only God can give you what's better. Only God can give you what's best. Guys, the solution is you once and for all declaring in your life that God and God alone is good. I don't need to turn to, run to, think toward the things that are trying to pull me off path. I'm just going to keep walking forward into everything God has for my life. And as I take a step forward, he's going to give me the strength to keep moving forward. I'm going to commit my thought life to him and think toward him only. And friends, find the victory and the strength and the sustenance I need. As the worship team comes up, we'll close. Think about the woman at the well. Come on, everybody, look at me. Woman at the well. She, she desperately needs in her life, she wants more than anything to, to be accepted, to belong, to, 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 
to deal with these insecurities she's been wrestling with. And so what does she do? She runs from one man to another man, thinking that she's finally going to find the acceptance that she needs, finally going to find the love and the care that she needs, running from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. Jesus shows up to meet with her at a well, and he says, Dear lady, if you drink from this water, you will thirst again. Was Jesus talking about the water in that well? What was he talking about? He's talking about the water that she was trying to find in all these guys. And Jesus says, if you continue to drink from, try to go to the things that the world is holding in front of you that keep over-promising. I'm telling you, there's things over-promising. Jesus says, they're always going to underdeliver. If you turn to those things, you will thirst again. You will never actually find what it is you're looking for. But, Jesus says, if you drink of the water I offer, out of you will flow torrents of living water. If you turn to me instead of to that, if you turn to me instead of this, he says, then from your innermost being, you, you will have everything you actually need when you come to the one who could actually give it to you, Jesus. You'll have, you'll have finally inside of you not just fullness but overflowingness, Right? because I've learned to turn to him in the middle of all that is calling out my name. I don't need that. I've already got everything I need in Jesus. I'm not going there. I'm gonna keep running to Jesus. And friends, if you will walk out of here with anything, I want you to keep on turning to and running to Jesus with everything, guys. Get that thought life, surrender to him. Let your heart surrender to him. That your life could be surrendered to him. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. And friends, I'm telling you, there is freedom for you today. It's cleansing for you today. In Jesus' name, can I get a better amen? Amen. Come on, church, amen. There might be some of you in here today that keep running from well water to well water. From the things that the world keeps promising you. The temptation keeps promising you. And you, you find yourself running from well water to well water. Well, today would you hear the voice of Jesus saying, if you would come to him, if you would drink of what he desires to give you, you will be full. That out of your innermost beings would flow torrents of living water. Some of you need a taste of that living water today. And I want to ask you to turn to him today.